This is Kara Timmons, host of Herbal Care Wrap. I'm a clinical herbalist and physician assistant working in a primary care health center, offering herbal therapeutics and integrative health in conjunction with my medical practice. My love is plants, and my mission is connecting plants to people and people to plants. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe to this podcast, and please rate us. Today, we are going to delve deep into adaptogens. They are abundant in the plant world and are found on every continent and in every herbal tradition, perhaps named differently, but inherently offering similar support to the HPA access, as we learned in the last segment, Know How You Stress. I would talk for days if we covered all the adaptogens, so instead, I want to introduce you to the eldest of all adaptogens, Panax ginseng, and its relative, a North American native, American ginseng. The ginseng family, both cultivated Asian ginseng and wild simulated American ginseng, are what we herbalists consider true ginsengs. But there are two others that need a quick mention, Siberian ginseng, or Eleuthero, and Indian ginseng, or Ashwagandha. But both of these will have segments of their own in future episodes. So keep on listening. Become a supporter today to hear more. Chinese ginseng is also known as Asian ginseng, Korean ginseng, Japanese ginseng, and in Latin, Panax ginseng. In Chinese, its written name, and please see our resources section for all the supporters out there, is translated as man or human root. It is a root resembling the human body. You can see the characters written in Mandarin in our resources section. Even the word ginseng is derived from the Chinese pronunciation ren shen. Ren meaning person, shen meaning plant root. There are many pictures in our resources section. Interestingly, shen nong, shen nong, is an ancient Chinese herbalist who first taught us the blessings of ginseng. Scientist and healer shen nong, ben kao jing, I believe it's pronounced, credited as the author of an herbal compilation from 200 to 250 CE. That's an awful long time ago. The first written place we find ginseng. Ginseng was part of the first volume, along with orange, cinnamon, licorice root, and cannabis. Shen Nung shared knowledge of some pretty spectacular plants. The oral tradition of Shen Nung tells us he had a crystal belly, he would take in the herb and self-observe the effects on his body. It is translated, he described ginseng as the balancer. Panax comes from the Greek word panacea, as it was thought to cure all during the spice trade years. Remember the Europeans in search of faster route to Asia, in search of exotic spices and plants, landed on South and North America instead. According to traditional Chinese medicine, it rejuvenates qi, the vital energy or force produces production of body fluids, flow, promotes health and longevity. Differing schools of thought state effects on both yin and yang. We will speak with an acupuncturist next episode to understand more of these energies. Ginseng appears to have a whole body effect rather than an effect on specific body systems. Ginseng is thought to influence cellular metabolism and thus is thought to be a whole body tonic, aka balancer aka adaptogen. Like all adaptogens, ginseng affects the HPA axis, basically the stress response control center of the body. Again, listen to our previous segment to understand more if you haven't already. 
Panax ginseng is also thought to support immune function and growth of normal cells versus cancerous cells. Its energetics are sweet and bitter and warm in nature. The main constituents found in Panax ginseng are saponins. So remember episode one, Tune into Immunity? We learned about saponins. Well, here they are again. So quick refresher from lymphatic herbs. Saponins are anti-inflammatory compounds purported to affect immune response. They are known to decrease lipid levels in the blood and are thought to be anti-carcinogenic, aka anti-cancer. Some saponins can be toxic to humans, so remember, not always a good thing. This explains ginseng's effects on immune function and its offerings of support for people struggling with cancer. See Sloan and Kittering about herbs. Our link is in the resources section for supporters found at www.herbalcarewrap.com. The unique thing about Panax ginseng is its specific saponins, probably the most famous in the world and collectively known as the ginsinocides. There are eight named ones, which unless you are a biochemical nerd, maybe like me, I think I will let those specifics fly over our collective heads. But for those who really have that yearning, again, check out the resources section. There have been great strides in research and clinical studies with Panax ginseng, but before we get into the herbal evidence, another constituent present in ginseng is polysaccharides, again, adding to immune system support. Let's look back to a lymphatic herb refresher from episode one. Polysaccharides are considered immune modulating, meaning they modulate immune response. If it is too strong, like an autoimmune response, they may slow or halt that process or stimulate the immune system response if sluggish. These are long chain carbohydrates that are not easily digested and therefore interact directly with the gut. Remember gut associated lymphatic tissue, thus starting an immune response when ingested. They are purported to have anti-tumor, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, and antiviral activities. Okay, let's just say it again. Wow. Now onto the research. A great source of information is a book by phytotherapist Carrie Bone and Simon Mills called Principles and Practice of Phytotherapy. Ginsinocides both stimulate and inhibit the central nervous system in humans and stimulate the immune system in mice. The extracts also stimulate tumor necrosis factor production by lung tissue, white blood cells, specifically ones called macrophages. Several gisinocytes demonstrated anti-cancer properties in vitro. That's in the lab. Now, the gold standard of medical research, the clinical trial. In one study, researchers Hyung, Gong, and All evaluated the antioxidant effects of Panax ginseng on 82 healthy people, serum levels of oxidative stress markers, antioxidant markers were determined. Panax ginseng led to significant decreases in the levels of serum ROS, that is reactive oxygen species, and malondialdehyde, or MDA, a highly reactive compound that is used scientifically as a marker for oxidative stress. These are the two main markers indicating oxidative stress. Another marker, total antioxidant capacity, or TAC, showed no change. It was still concluded Panax ginseng has shown to have antioxidant properties in healthy people. In another clinical trial, researchers El-Karishi 
and all evaluated the effects of panic ginseng on, again, MDA serum levels during U-stress, which is the idea of healthy stress on healthy volunteers. In this study, it was 65 healthy students of a medical school. The participants were divided into two groups. Group A included 35 participants who were treated by Panax ginseng, 500 milligrams a day, which was regarded as the treatment group. Group B included 30 participants treated by a placebo, 500 milligrams a day, which was regarded as the control group. Baseline data was obtained, and then one month after the study, the participants were fouled with respect to psychological stress through daily psychomotor performance tasks and a visual working memory accuracy test. Stress was also assessed by the MDA serum levels. The results showed the control group had significantly increases in MDA serum levels, which were related to significant increases in perceived stress scale, while the panics ginseng led to significant reduction in MDA serum levels, but interestingly had the same significant increase in perceived stress scale. Panics ginseng produced significant reduction in oxidative stress, but perceived stress in both the control and ginseng group showed increases. Well, what do you expect? It's med school. All right, so Panax ginseng, being an adaptogen, is very well tolerated. However, some adverse effects have been reported. They are mild and reversible. Associated adverse effects include nausea, diarrhea, euphoria, insomnia, headaches, hypertension, and even hypotension. I have seen increases in blood pressure in clients over the years, but otherwise, no significant other adverse effects. Panax ginseng may interact with caffeine to cause hypertension. It may lower blood alcohol concentrations. It also may decrease the effectiveness of warfarin, which is a blood thinner. Also, do not use Panax ginseng with an antidepressant psychotropic drug known as a MAO inhibitor called Nardil, as it is reported results in a manic-like symptoms. Okay, again, Panax ginseng is stimulating. Another clinical trial studying 36 patients with newly diagnosed non-insulin-dependent diabetes, the effects of Panax ginseng given in a dosage of 100 to 200 milligrams per day for eight weeks were improved fasting blood glucose levels, elevated mood, and improved psycho physical performance on a number diagram test. 200 milligram dose also resulted in improved hemoglobin A1C values, which is a test to look at blood glucose levels over a two to three month period. But care is needed due to the hypoglycemic activity and caution should be exercised when using ginseng if you have diabetes because of the possible interactions with other hypoglycemic drugs and insulin. In traditional Chinese medicine, Panax ginseng is considered more stimulating than its American cousin. Well, that was quite an introduction, not as stimulating. Here we are, American ginseng, Latin name, Panax quinquafolius. Traditional Chinese medicine name is Sang or Seng. Taste and energy is sweet, bitter, slightly cooling and moist. Part used is mainly the root, as with the Panax ginseng. American ginseng is native to Eastern North America and is well known to the First Nations of North America. Most tribes used it for health. For instance, the Cherokee used American ginseng for colic, convulsions, dysentery, and headache, 
and described it as the little man. Used by Haudenosaunee Nation, the lands where I record this podcast, Guy Herbals reported that the Seneca tribe, one of the Haudenosaunee Nation tribes, used it as a top five medicinal plant. Many tribes use it as an aid in convalescence in the elderly, to tonify the reproductive system, and to normalize arousal and desire in both men and women. How settlers learned about American ginseng and thus named this native plant was a story of two entrepreneurs, both French priests. One was in Canada and one was in China. The priest in China asked, deducing that they were both in similar climates and woodlands to search for a plant similar to Chinese ginseng. And as the story goes, one day in 1716, Father Lafitau found the plant and hence started the ginseng trade that still exists today from North America to China. Only second, second only to cannabis, wild ginseng can be anywhere from one to 3,000 a pound, wild simulated, one to 2,000 a pound, and shade-grown American ginseng, 600 to $1,000 a pound. Hence, its endangered status is still a real problem for conservation and preservation efforts. Leave it to the Jesuits, an offshoot of the Roman Catholic Church, to start the robust trade, all while working on a mission to spread the Holy Bible to the natives of this land. Instead, found their beloved plants and started shipping them across continents. Wow, American ginseng, a green gold. By 1752, the French-Canadian traders were selling $100,000, equivalent to over $50 million today, worth of ginseng. Unfortunately, in their haste to make profits, they gathered poorer and poorer quality roots and then dried them too quickly in ovens, completely destroying their value. The trade fell to 6500 in just two years later, in 1754. The famous Daniel Boone, 1734 to 1820, spent much of his adult life blazing trails through the American wilderness, through exploration and opening the wilderness. Boone exploited the profitable plant, American ginseng as well. He rose to the status of an American legend, becoming known as someone who braved hardship and danger to bring the earth's resources to market. The legend of Daniel Boone is part fiction and part accurate history but became exaggerated or distorted through the many generations of storytellers. History and fiction have become intertwined. One story is that Boone had 12 tons of ginseng on a boat that overturned on the Ohio River and all the roots sank to the bottom of the river or flowed downstream. These stories show the resource-minded settlers versus the stewardship of the First Nations and now the relationship-minded wild cultivated growers of today. We will hear more about this from Bob Bafus, who spent his life's work researching and growing and advocating for wild cultivated ginseng farming in another segment. Become a supporter to listen or check out online books he wrote that are available in links on Herbal Care Wrap website. Funny how most Americans will know a fact or two about Daniel Boone, but how many know about American ginseng? By 1877, American ginseng root was having a second wave. The United States was now exporting 700,000 worth of ginseng to the Far East. Cultivation sprang up in New York State. As we will soon learn, the ginseng crop became so precious that trespassing on an enclosed ginseng garden was written to the state's burglary laws. 
For all of you upstate New Yorkers and Ithacans, Cornell University, where Bob Bafin has led the ginseng research, has some extensive research on cultivation dating back to the turn of last century. A collection of Cornell publications from 1904 was found discussing diseases of ginseng. In 1910, there were as many as 5,000 ginseng farms in upstate New York, and Cornell was the leader in the research. Because of the huge demand for it in the Far East today, wild ginseng is still gathered in America, and more than 5 million worth of trade in the U.S. is sold annually to Hong Kong. Pretty wild, right? Cultivation, native to the eastern U.S. and Canada, found in the Catskills, Berkshire Mountains, all through the southernmost areas like Georgia and Alabama, through the Midwest into Kentucky, Ohio, Arkansas, and furthest west into Iowa. It prefers deciduous woodlands, especially love sugar maples, and takes seven years to mature from a seed. It is now cultivated, and roots grown in the wild are called wild simulated. It is also grown under shade cloth, but these cultivated shade cloth grown roots are not as valued for their health benefits. Back in the late 1990s, Frontier Herb sponsored a program to research cultivation of at-risk and endangered native plants. American ginseng was one of those plants. The Center for Preservation of Native Medicinal Herbs in Rutland, Ohio, was where the research took place and I was an apprentice. We planted small plots in the woods around the property and planted beautiful bright red American ginseng seed on the woodland hills in hopes they would germinate two springs from that autumn and that seven years later we would return with wild ginseng aplenty. This method is known as wild simulated and is valued for its health benefits often as much as wild simulated. It also helps with conservation and preservation efforts. Again, American ginseng grower and expert Bob Bafis later this episode will add much more to this discussion and learn so much more about the differences of how American ginseng is grown. Currently, it is the only crop on the New York State DEC, that's the Department of Environmental Conservation list of crops, that has over 300 registered buyers. So obviously the desire for American ginseng has endured through the decades and should be an honored plant in our shared histories with First Nations, American settlers, and Asian herbalists seeking the health benefits of this elusive and beautiful plant. It is propagated through seed. It loves north-facing slopes and woodlands. High demand for calcium and why sugar maples are ideal as the leaves are rich in calcium. They do grow under black walnuts, tulip poplar trees, and that canopy is usually found in the south. Other plants tell us ginseng may be growing. Baneberry, otherwise known as doll's eye, which is an actual poisonous plant, in the northeast, blue cohosh, maidenhair fern, and nettles. Too many deer kill off these plants. Too much nutrients typically cause roots to become diseased. Each berry tends to have two seeds. Ginseng seeds 18-month dormancy process. Once dropped by the plant or seeded by humans, it takes two springs to germinate and sprout. And ginseng typically lives 40 years in the wild. Pitchers in a resources section explaining botany and some common lookalikes. Again, constituents are similar to its relative, panax ginseng, the ginsinocides, and the panaxocides. 
Ginsinocytes have both stimulatory and inhibitory effects on the central nervous system and can alter cardiovascular tone, enhance humoral and cellular dependent immunity, exert anti-cancer effects, and according to Sloan and Kittering, have enhanced working memory in young and middle-aged healthy adults as well as patients with schizophrenia. The herbal evidence? In human studies, American ginseng was shown to lower blood glucose levels, reduce number of colds and severity of colds, and improve memory. It may also be useful in reducing cancer-related fatigue. However, it is reported that women with breast cancer should be using this herb with caution because it can stimulate the growth of breast cancer cells on the Sloan and Kittering website. But this is the first I have heard this information. But at any rate, why risk when there was so many other herbs you could use? American ginseng also decreases the blood thinning effects of warfarin or coumadin, a commonly used anticoagulant or blood thinner. So now onto the butter of scientific research, the clinical trials. Okay, so we learned about the adrenal glands and how they regulate blood glucose with glucocorticoid release. So here is a clinical trial and yes, again, the gold standard of medicine with an extra added bonus called the crossover meaning that after a washout period, four weeks in the study, the people receiving the placebo started receiving the American ginseng and the people initially receiving the American ginseng now received the placebo, but again blinded. So the researchers or the participants didn't know. This was a pretty small study with 24 participants over a five-month period of time and published in the European Journal of Nutrition. Researchers, Yuxin and all, aimed to evaluate the efficacy and safety of American ginseng as an adjunct therapy for people with diabetes type 2 and their post-meal blood sugars. The American ginseng groups were eight weeks each. Each then had a four-week washout and then eight weeks on placebo, and vice versa with the initial placebo group. The small group has its limitations in making comparisons to large populations, but the result were clinically significant with a significant reduction in the hemoglobin A1c, a number looked to see how well controlled the blood glucoses, typically over a two to three month period of time, and reduced fasting glucose in both groups taking American ginseng at certain eight-week intervals. The American ginseng group showed lower blood pressure as well. No adverse effects reported. The researchers concluded American ginseng extract added to the conventional treatment provided an effective and safe adjunct in the management of type 2 diabetes. But larger studies are needed to substantiate the present findings and to, and to demonstrate therapeutic effectiveness of American ginseng. In another clinical trial of 279 people, American ginseng was given for four months to assess efficacy in preventing or decreasing duration of symptoms of cold and flus during the winter season. Canadian researchers Preti and all found ingesting extracts of the roots of Northern American ginseng in a moderate dose over four months reduced the mean number of colds per person. The proportion of sub the proportion of subjects who experienced two or more colds, the severity of symptoms, and the number of days cold symptoms were reported. One last clinical trial showed people with cancer-related fatigue, 
again, 279 members enrolled in this study taking higher doses of American ginseng showed twice as many patients on ginseng perceived a benefit and were satisfied with the treatment over those on placebo and no toxicity reported. Please see our resources section for more articles and citations. On to drug interactions. Don't take, if you're taking warfarin or coumadin or other blood thinners such as Plavix, American ginseng may interfere with the action of the anticoagulant. Speak to your healthcare provider if you're taking these drugs. I hope this inspires you to consider trying American ginseng or Panax ginseng, or maybe even start growing wild simulated ginseng and invest in a seven-year plan. This is Kara Timmons, host of Herbal Care Wrap, connecting plants with people and people to plants. Mm-hmm.